Now, Africa is the new powerhouse of Christianity, and almost half a million Australians are of African background. So for the vast number of them, religion is, and this is a quote, central to most aspects of their lives. Because that's the key finding of a new report about the community. The report from Western Sydney University has found local churches aren't just places of worship. They're the drivers of integration and economic opportunity for African Australians. Dr. Kathleen Openshaw is co-author of the study. When people move, they pack their bags and they bring their religion as well. And so it's the same thing with African Christians. For African migrants, their Christianity is sort of entangled with their Africanness. Our research was really sort of looking at how churches in Africa, so of course there's people thinking back to when they were back in their homeland, they really provide sort of key spiritual, social and material hubs. So that's where the community is centred. And so the same thing happens when they relocate to Australia, right? For a lot of them, a lot of how they understand their migration to Australia is really through the lens of their religiosity. So for some of them, they believe that God has a bigger plan for them and that's why they're coming to Australia. And in some instances, churches actually sponsor refugees for resettlement. So Australian churches here. So when they arrive, churches really complement the social supports that they'll be receiving from the government. And actually, because, as we know, there is a retraction of social services across the board, oftentimes churches fill in the gaps. But because they're seeing their congregants far more often sometimes in social services here, they're also far more responsive to the everyday needs of their congregants. Um, and I think that's really important because they're able to sort of react on the ground yeah. as well. Which denominations are African Australians sort of gravitating towards? Because I found this diversity really fascinating. This is incredibly fascinating. So African migrants, as I say, they bring their religion with them. Sometimes they keep with the churches that they had back in their homeland. Those might be mainstream denominations, so Catholicism, Anglicanism, or it could be their African-initiated churches, so African churches that are based within their homeland has come from the pastors and the congregants there, but have transnational links. That's really common. But you also have people that come here again, as I sort of mentioned earlier, about believing that God has a, a divine influence and in why they're in Australia. Some people believe that part of that is that they're to start churches here in Australia. And so they start up churches here and have small communities. Yeah, Kathleen, what leapt out at me, though, was uh, the name Hillsong, which is often in the news. But why has Hillsong become in many ways the kind of favoured destination for a lot of especially younger African Christians? Because they're cool, right? Hillsong is global. And that means that a lot of people, when they were in their homelands, were listening to Hillsong music. They were following Hillsong on social media. And so coming to Australia, Hillsong really is already in their religious imagination. In addition to that, Hillsong really sort of caters for middle-class sensibilities. And we're really looking at middle-class professionals that are going to Hillsong. So why do they go there? Part of that is because they get to meet other educated professionals, other Aussies, other new migrants. They get to network. They get to discuss business opportunities. 
But a lot of this as well is that it's also very cool for the kids. So Hillsong is very good at making sure that kids worship is entertaining. And so particularly for African migrants who are a little bit concerned about whether their children are going to be raised in the church in Australia, because of course, Australia is secular. Hillsong really provides that kind of space where kids want to go to church and parents get to raise their children in church. A lot of these uh, churches push a very strong pro-education message, don't they? Because at a time when, uh, you know, a lot of African-Australian kids are being typecast as troublesome, you've actually got religious leaders saying, no, you've got to stay in school, you've got to go to university, don't you? Absolutely. And I think this is really important. Again, if we're thinking about churches as these sort of social hubs, right, so the real kind of centers of communities, they offer education in various ways across their congregants. So I'll get back to your point in just a moment. But what I want to say is that churches provide English language classes, classes that help people navigate living in Australia. So how to do your taxes, where to get social services. They offer homework clubs. So remember, children um, sometimes might not necessarily have parents at home that can help them with their homework. So the parents themselves might be learning English or maybe didn't have formalized education. So what churches do is they step in and help with that. And then they also play this role in encouraging children to stay at school. So that's both by, you know, really emphasizing the importance of education, but then also offering those practical supports like Homework Club, for instance. But I also think it's important to remember that we're not just talking about you know, people that might have been displaced in camps for long periods of time. We're also thinking about middle-class people who are going to churches as well. In terms of providing role models for those children, they're pastors from the middle class. A lot of the time, pastoring is another job in addition to what they do, perhaps in the finance sector as accountants. And actually, this came through in one of our recommendations in the report is that churches are really well placed to sort of facilitate community education sessions around sort of public health campaigns, intimate partner violence and the like. Mm. For all the strengths, though, that these uh, churches bring to African communities in Australia, I guess there would be some stresses, especially if you're looking at second-generation African-Australians, because they see Christianity as, quote, central to their moral universe. They're very serious about their religion. But are they being brought into conflict with, you know, a much more sort of secular, permissive attitudes in their peer group? Yes. And of course, that is something that both churches, particularly African-initiated and majority churches, are sort of trying to navigate, as well as parents. And this is a common thing. With every new wave of migrants anywhere, second-generation migrants, or at least migrants that were very young when they came to their new home, um, are trying to sort of navigate that weird space where you're between two cultures. Certainly in Australia, that plays out sometimes in very difficult ways. We have the African gang narrative, you know, gangs of African youth. It's it's really problematic. Churches play an important role because they provide a lot of support for the youth. They give them opportunities to build their confidence. They offer good role modeling. But there does tend to be conflict because oftentimes the youth will look to their parents and say, why are we engaging in this really conservative form of Christianity? 
And that can create a lot of tension. There are also some youth that really speak back to Christianity and say, well, you know, Christianity was harmful to us. It was a tool of of colonization. And so there is a lot of difficulty navigating that space, particularly because church, it's a full family event, right? And it's multiple times a week. You have children, parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles going to church, you're really embedded in that space multiple times. So not just on a Sunday, you know, there's church events and prayer groups and that kind of thing. And so as a youth, when you're trying to navigate difficult spaces and navigate and find, you know, the usual sort of things of trying to figure out your identity as a young person as well, it can be really difficult. Dr Kathleen Openshaw of Western Sydney University. Let's hear then from one of those local leaders whose work is so important to the resettlement of Australians of African background. George Peach Meat is a deacon in the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne. I'm originally from South Sudan. During to the civil war in South Sudan, I migrated to Egypt with my wife and three children. And we were in Egypt for two years waiting for the visa process. Then from there, we were accepted and we arrived in Melbourne on, on the 6th of July, 2004. Then we are blessed with another three children. So I'm a father of six children and three grandchildren. And what was the situation that you were escaping in South Sudan? Christian persecution. During that time, Sudan, we used to be one Sudan and they want to implement a Sharia law, which is Islamic law in the country where People in the south, we are African origin. The northern people are from, you know, Arabs background. So this is how the second civil war started in 1983. And a lot of people were killed. And then some people were driven out of the country. What sort of backgrounds do many of the people that you look after in the South Sudanese community come from? What are their stories? Their story is similar to my story, and some of them even tougher than my stories, especially those who went through the refugee camps in Ethiopia, Kenya, Uganda, the Middle Eastern countries like Lebanon, and some of them were in also in Syria. But it's a very, very, very tough journey, a journey of struggle and a journey of sacrifices. But we thank God that uh, those who made it here, it is actually it's a wonderful sacrifice. So it is wonderful. It's a uh, a life of his struggle. You were one of the first married deacons to be ordained in the Catholic Church. You now look after several thousand South Sudanese in Melbourne. How important has the church been to their resettlement and to building a successful life in Australia? Whatever place we go to, we find that the first things that to associate with is always a church. And this is what our people did when the first people came here, they associate themselves with the church. And in early 2003, 2004, we had a lot of people that came and most of them were Catholic. And we established ourselves in the parishes where we were welcome. And whenever you go to church, you feel like this is the home and you feel that, yes, you embrace and you, you are welcomed by people who are in the parishes. We don't have a particular parish. We work within the parishes, and uh, this is also part of the integration process that we are in. We don't have a, a permanent center or a permanent parish, but we're working within our local parishes, and we feel mostly welcome. We establish ourselves, and we feel that we are, you know, we are welcome. 
If churches like your own, the Catholic Church, but also the Anglican Church, the charismatic parishes, the the, the Pentecostal parishes weren't around, what would happen to Australians of African background, particularly when they first arrive? A lot of people are always, they lost and wonder when they are not, you know, welcome. I think this is what keep us together and what keep our faith still alive is the way we were welcomed by all these parishes where they help us in resettlement process. Like myself, I came here without a proper English. So I was embraced in the parish. I was welcomed. And then I was guided. I was encouraged to go to school. You know, I have to do my English and also similar to others. People who are now the greatest people in our communities now, they are the people who were welcomed by the churches. Not only Catholic churches, as you mentioned, there are many other churches that opened their doors to us. The way that Jesus said, I was a stranger and he welcomed me. And this is exactly what all these churches did to all African communities in part of our Australian cities. Mm. Just as we finish, uh, Deacon George, are you telling your parishioners they have to go to school, by the way, because this is a very important part of the integration, getting into education. And I read where a lot of pastors make it a top priority to tell kids especially, you have to stay in school. Yes, yes, because, you know, if you want to achieve something in life, you have to study. African community is now taking a very big position in the government, whether by local government or in the state or international. And this is because of the way we were encouraged to uh, study and also to see that, yes, a future is ahead of you. You have to establish yourself. One day, the benefit will be not only you, but also for your next generation. And this is what we are now trying to do. We have many lawyers now. We have many business people. We have in all the fields, even now a sport in Australia where African community are doing a wonderful sport and the parents of these young people, they were the parents that were welcome in the, you know, in our churches. George Peach Meat, who's a deacon and a South Sudanese community leader in Melbourne. And this is the Religion and Ethics Report. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.